Mana 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 this is social discasting. Welcome to Social Discasting, a podcast where my guests and I discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves. I am Brandon, aka Brandon. Hope you're well. My guest is a comedian, actor, and writer who has appeared in Shrink, and I think you should leave now, as well as the Lifetime web series Project Sammy's Way and the short film Yes, I Will Hold, both of which she also wrote, and all of which are so funny. And speaking of so funny, she now has Going Deep, a delightful new Stitcher Premium podcast. Please welcome Lily Sullivan. Welcome. Hi, welcome. Thank, welcome to me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm glad we welcomed each, we welcomed each other. Now, welcome, that's, welcome. Okay. Nice to have are. you here. <laughs> Thank you. Nice to be here and nice to have been brought in here. Question. <laughs> yeah, no. Thank you for having me and thank you for my intro. Wow. I don't know that I've had someone like fully say my intro before. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. It must be interesting to have like a veritable stranger read like the totality of, of your, of your work. Of your self worth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Let me just sum you up. Yeah. Credits, right? Uh, So, you know, I guess the, uh, like I said, the easy to ask people to answer question. How are you? Um, right now I'm, I'm, oddly good i'm very um (laughs) i'm very busy which is really weird because i did not i feel like i do nothing and i'm i also do a lot of stuff so i it's nice when i'm busy because i end up being more productive and i think when i'm more productive i feel better Mm -hmm. even though i am now understanding that that's just capitalism at work (laughs) um but i yeah, I feel, you know, being in LA is crazy for the pandemic right now, but um like I'm just in my house with my fiance and and I'm just plugging away on my <laughs> laptop. <laughs> but I know what you mean though, like uh just the idea of like a healthy distraction, something to where you can kind of yeah, you, I mean you can't get rid of obviously this interminable thing that is just like kind of hovering over the proceedings all the time. Right. But something to where you can maybe let's let it all process in the background while trying to feel productive and like you're, you know, doing something as opposed to, you know, it's very easy to languish right now. Yeah, it is. And I think like it's also very weird that like one of the only ways to be social right now is online. And and then at the same time, I think being online takes a real toll on your mental health. Um, personally, that's my opinion. I'm on there all the time, but don't get me wrong. I agree. Um, and I think, so finding ways, I mean, work is one thing because it gives me, it just gives me a sense of purpose. Um, but I also think, you know, for example, I've been watching a lot of the Real Housewives, which I never, ever watched reality TV before the pandemic. And it's, like, the best escapism I've ever had in my entire <laughs> life. Like, I'm, like, living in 2015 with the Real Housewives in New York, and it's great. I love it there. <laughs> I imagine that is, in its own way, though, like, a fun... I mean, granted, all the drama is inevitably very fun. Yeah. But also, though, to be like, oh, yeah, let me just go through this pre-pandemic simulation of enjoying this stuff, too. Yeah. I mean, they're, really nice. they're, like, out at, you know, different bars obviously and they're out at hotels and like 
that the other thing I think that the major part of why I'm watching it, which was weird, I kind of realized midway through, was like there's a gossip element to it. And it's not like I'm a gossipy person, but there's nothing there's no drama going yeah. on with anybody I know because everybody's at home and there's no like you don't get to talk about other people's problems. <laughs> and yeah. so in a sick way, I like really am enjoying watching it and like determining who is being crazy for what reason and kind of like breaking down why I side with certain people over other people. <laughs> and it, I really yeah. think it's just because I'm like, oh, that part of my life is is missing and has been gone for almost a year now. So, Well, I, I know what you mean, though, because as somebody who grew up in a house with People magazine, like oh, that, yeah? that yeah. is, yeah, that is in me, too. So I completely <laughs> get that. So the ability to just have some kind of like disposable gossipy thing, you know, like, can you believe her? That right. type of stuff is really nice. And there's no repercussions. There's yes. no nothing. You can't get embroiled in their drama, but you can talk about it. Yeah, and, and I think there's like a real element of like deciding who's being sane and who's being insane in, yeah. a, in any kind of given situation. So you're like, that part of my brain just like lights up and is like, oh, thank God. Like I haven't <laughs> had any experiences like this in so long where I'm, you know, can can talk about how crazy people are being. So um, yeah, as you're gossiping about like eight-year-old news. Right. But still, but still, it's all... It's all lighting up that part of your brain. And you're scratching that itch, so I get that for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this is all to say, um, they are the one of the few things keeping me well right now. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I mean, like anything you can get that's a win at this point, you know. That, yeah. That even if you know you're like tricking your brain, it's still like it's like the placebo effect. It's still an effect. Yeah. And that that something could be said for that too. Oh, definitely. I think the. Uh, I mean, I, we all just need our our escapes. And yeah. like for my fiance, it's like he likes to play video games. And I think normally I would be like annoyed with how much he's playing. But yeah. at this point, I'm like, well, this is when I go when I watch my Real Housewives. So like <laughs> it all works out. <laughs> yeah, you've got, you've got your appointment. He's got his appointment. Yeah, and you can't kind of like yuck someone's yum right now. It's just kind of <laughs> like whatever they're – whatever's keeping us – Alive is good. Absolutely. Like, there are so many worse forms of escapism than video games and reality TV. Like, I yeah. think you're doing pretty good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, I think I just was very, well, okay. I guess um, I grew up in a family, like, my mom, um, oh, God, where to begin this? My, <laughs> my grandfather was this, like, successful writer in the 80s, and okay. he wrote all about, like, technology and like the future and it kind of predicted all this stuff really <laughs> yeah and it was this big book in the 80s um called mega trends and a lot of like people's a lot of people in our or my generation i don't even know how old you are excuse me i'm sorry for assuming um, um i'm 37 okay i'm 30 i'm 32 okay but my um yeah so our parents generation probably read it and know it but my mom ended up writing a book with him about technology after the fact and they it, it she went through a huge phase about like how you know certain tv and like violence and mm -hmm. the effect it has on kids and blah 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 yeah and um and so she we moved to colorado when she wrote this book with him and and she ended up uh <laughs> 
getting rid of our TV when we moved. So we oh. didn't have a TV at all for like five years of or more of me growing up. And um, it was like, it was insane because, I mean, it didn't, wasn't going to hurt us that much. But that's probably why, I, like, I have this, like, guilt complex about when I watch really oh, bad shows. Like, yeah, yeah. And uh, and nowadays I don't care because it's like this is my the job I want to do, so I'm allowed to watch as much TV as I want. But <laughs> yeah, this is research. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. So so yeah. So I I think I associate sometimes. I'm like, if I watch too much TV, I'm being bad. And um, but that was always like fun for me because we'd go to friends' houses and we'd just want to watch TV, and they would be like, we want to play, and we'd be like, no. Me or my brothers would just be like, we'd want to watch TV. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that, that that makes it kind of oh, I'm not supposed to be doing this, so yeah, I kind of want to do this more than ever. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so long, long way. That was a very long story for that. Oh no, that's one comment. <laughs> No, when you said growing up, as much as that book predicts the future, I could never have predicted that future. So yeah. that was that's really interesting. <laughs> but also, though, when you're a kid and you, it's one thing to to grow up without TV, but it's something to have had it and then have it taken away. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, it was really hard. My mom frames it like, oh, she was, you know, like my older brother was like reading the dictionary one day when she like came down, and he was like, "Mom, we really have to get a TV." And her reaction was like, why would we ever get a TV? Like, my son is just sitting there reading the dictionary. Isn't that so great? And it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> she like, now loves TV, normal. of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Anybody, it seems like anybody who, and rightfully so, when they write a book, and if it's big enough, they tend to go on the speaking tours or they even go on TV. Right. Because you research so much, you become that subject matter expert in that particular thing. Exactly, exactly. And so she knew too much too soon. Yeah, she knew too much, and um, she's <laughs> she can be extreme. Clearly, <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not that uh, I'm not that diligent, I, I suppose, or disciplined to be able to be like, yeah, just no TV now. <laughs> I know. I just I'm too busy, like uh, either compromising or just figure out ways around the rules of like, well, but you know, I need to do this because then I'll be. Out on conversation that, you know, any right. any way to justify it. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm not really like, I, I, I'm i in control. Like, I like to be in control. Yeah. For sure. Like, I don't like doing like drugs because I'm not in control. <laughs> that makes Fair. sense. I get it. Yeah. And, but at the same time, like, when it comes to things like uh, exercise or like, I don't know. Like my, when I had a friend growing up who would be like, you know, I'm going to run a marathon because I just like I want to know I can do it. Or like I'm just I'm going to not eat meat because I like want to know that I can do it. And I'm always like, what? Why? Like why would you take <laughs> away the joy of life sort of? <laughs> I know. That's interesting because I, I, in my head I'd be like, okay, interesting. I feel like that speaks to something. I'm not sure what exactly, but I'm like, mm, I still want to enjoy things. It's like uh, – you can have people, too, that are like, you know, like Michael Jordans of the world who are, I, I mean, I've said this before on here, but like, if he didn't have basketball, he he would be a serial killer. Like, he is <laughs> so, and I say that lovingly, he's incredible, yeah. but he's also a competitive psychopath. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm from know, Chicago, and, but I'll let you say that. I know, that's fair. And also, I just remember, too, that Tim Boltz, your, your fiance, was on talking about The Last Dance on... On a podcast specifically. So we're like, wow, that choice. How interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. There's like a, there's a real OCD element of things with the way. 
also though like he won all these things for example but I'm like, how much did he enjoy his life when he's doing that? Because it's so strict, you know. I'm definitely right. more of a, I guess, a lush, I suppose. But I want to enjoy those things. You know? I do too. I mean, I think, well, this is what's interesting to me is, I guess, the older I get, the more I'm like, oh, I guess I do understand why, <laughs> you know, y- you have to eat healthier. And I yeah. do understand, like, I get the consequences of the actions, like, because – you know, as you get older, it's like you can't just you can't just like go and get like wasted for like five days straight, and <laughs> you can get away with a lot less. You can, yeah, and the re- the repercussions are more immediate, so you understand why you would do those things, and like yeah. I do get some satisfaction from from trying to live like you know more a more controlled life in a certain way, but I. I don't know. It's it's interesting to me because I feel like adulthood just like crept up on me, and I'm like, oh, whoa! I guess I gotta, <laughs> yeah, gotta be careful. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's I. Uh, it's funny when when I turned thirty, everything was built up of like, oh, you're gonna turn thirty. When you turn thirty, that's a thing. And then it was so built up in my head that I'm like, oh, it wasn't that bad. But then it was like thirty one that got me because I because oh. you know in that I was so focused on thirty that you kind of relax your your literal and figurative shoulders, and then thirty one or thirty two even. And it's like, oh, okay. That's like, oh, this is life now, you know. So right. you wake up and your metabolism is shot, or you just <laughs> can't, you know. Or it's just, it's just like it's got to happen sometime, I guess. Uh, but you just realize like everything costs something. Yeah. At that point. Yeah, you do. And I, I, that's funny you say that. I had like, I actually, I never thought of myself as someone who took things like my thirtieth birthday like seriously. Yeah. In a way, but I oddly had like kind of a breakdown on my 30th birthday where I was visiting with my mom and my brothers and my and I think it was just us like hanging out and it also happened if my birthday was on Mother's Day so like I was like sharing it with my mom which is like who cares it's fine but I didn't have Facebook at the time so like I realized that's how like all my friends knew my birthday and so nobody like reached out and get not that I mean a couple people did but it wasn't like for your 30th where you would expect a lot of people to be like happy birthday and then I was like oh no what's so it's so sick of me and so wrong of me to like want people to wish me a happy birthday and like <laughs> like yeah. beating myself up and I I just had like this whole moment of just like I felt so like alone on this big day even though I was with my family it was really weird and I but, f- don't fully get it yet. <laughs> I know I know what you mean, though. I've gone through that before. I don't remember which birthday, but it was that thing where I was like, yeah, it, it's just a birthday. Who gives a shit? You know, I'm one day older. Who cares? Right. But then I didn't, I guess, get the requisite happy birthdays or something, or maybe even it just wasn't from one particular person. And yeah. they're just, you know, existing and people forget and it's not the big deal. But it really bothered me. And then I was annoyed by the fact that I was annoyed and confused by that. You yes. Know? Yeah. It's like this simultaneous you're beating yourself up for yes. something that you're feeling, which like just makes it worse. It's like, it's okay that you're feeling those feelings. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. It's like weirdly you're oscillating between those two polarities. And then, you know, you're somewhere in the middle too, like, this is against my rational brain. I don't understand why this is the case, but but this is still but it's still being fair to yourself and you need to be fair to it yeah. was just like all none of it made sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I don't want to think of myself as like a superficial person who like needs people to be like, Hey, we love you. Happy birthday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I you know, 
it's nice to feel some love on that day. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. But then it's that thing where the ultimate trump card is, you know, is to say like, but I'm still human and I still want these nice things too. Right. And and that that goes both ways. But, you know, it's just like, eh. it, ultimately, you just want a nice thing from people you care about. It's so true. It's... <laughs> Ugh. And Ugh. I mean, birthdays, in the, but then what's ironic, or not ironic, but what's funny is when I turned to 32 over the pandemic, it was in May. So, you know, everyone had been in quarantine for like only so long, like two months at that point, yeah. if that, and everybody was like, like went completely out of their way to like make sure I had such a good birthday because it was early on and everyone was like, no one deserves to be, spend their yeah. birthday in quarantine, not realizing we were going to spend like two years in quarantine and everyone yeah, se- was going to have more than birthdays, one birthday. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, yeah, even at that time, I remember where some people were just like in the throes of, well, you know, end of May, I've got this vacation plan, but let's just see how it goes because you just don't right. you just don't know how it's going to go, which again, now feels adorable. Right. And it's in its innocence, but we but we really thought this was such a, a, a short term thing in general, let alone obviously compared with the fact that we're you're rounding the one year mark which is wild yes i know Ugh. Ugh. on the day that um that we found out that tom hanks had it and i yeah. think the nba was canceled those that, were the two big markers yeah yeah that was i quit my job that day i was working at a restaurant and they were like trying to come have me come in that weekend and i'd already like not wanted to work there i was like on my way out yeah for a long time but I, I like just sent like a big email that day being like, I'm, I can't risk my health. And I like made up this whole thing about like my family. <laughs> like, I'm just worried about my family. <laughs> it was like, it's just me and Tim here. <laughs> like, um, and I, but you know, then like two days later, all restaurants were closed. So I would say that, I mean, with regard to how that's gone in general, obviously now, obviously hindsight helps, but. That was a that was a very good move that you can make and <laughs> yeah. w- was it was it the combination of both the NBA and Tom Hanks getting into where <laughs> this is bad was it Tom Hanks specific I'm curious <laughs> It wasn't I think well I think when Tom Hanks got it there was like a like an understanding that like rich people could get it too and yeah, like yeah. that was not that I'm not rich at all but I had a like moment where I think everyone was like, wow, this is big. Anybody could get it, even Tom <laughs> Hanks. And um, and like, oh, it's so serious. The NBA is like canceled. Like that's that's massive. And like that was an oh shit moment. Yeah. And I, I think I just kind of like got an adrenaline rush of like, whoa, this is like this is a really crazy time. And I can sort of do whatever I need to do right now and i think for a long time i was talking myself into like i have to work at that restaurant because i need you know i need the supplemental income in between jobs and um and uh it worked out because they don't have a patio so i still get unemployment from them because they took my quitting as like a panic move and were like she just panicked a lot so she's still a part of the company and (laughs) (laughs) perfect she's got She's at, look, she's fearful for Tom Hanks. We all get that. <laughs> he's America's sweetheart. He's yep. a monolith. Fair enough. Yep. We so. all love Polar Express, even if they had scary, <laughs> dead animated eyes. But that's fine. 
<laughs> exactly. So you get it. You know what I mean. <laughs> She's got that Hank's brain. It's fine. That worked out well, though. That's man. That's pretty. That's best case scenario. Yeah, and I could not be more happy that I don't work there anymore. Not like I miss a lot of the people I worked with. Um, there were some really great people who worked there, and yeah. I and I feel for all of them because I I really you know I worry about a lot of those people and what they're doing for money because I I don't know the like the bussers and the cooks and like if they're not getting unemployment or if they are because you know no I can't imagine what what it is to be what honestly to be anybody who has to go out and work yeah. in all of this let alone you know frontline workers and essential workers and you know people that have just been deprioritized in California right. to get the vaccines like it, it's mind boggling to me it's just so sad and in the and that yeah, they they can't afford to stay at home basically. So yeah. they have to work, they have to make money and I I think the yeah, it's just it's I, but I you know, simultaneously I'm like thank god I'm not there. I don't I don't I wouldn't want to be there. <laughs> and for yeah. lots of different reasons, um it was hell working there, but um you know, restaurant work you kind of talk yourself into it cuz the money can be good. So it's Yeah, I imagine. But. I imagine. I, this is, well, this is unrelated, but I was curious about something. Hmm. Would you, well, I guess you've already talked about this. So let me move on to a different part of it, actually. What, uh, so your podcast, Going Deep, is this an idea that you had pre pandemic or that you came up during inter pandemic, I guess? Yeah, it was, it was actually pre pandemic. I had, I, I don't know if you've ever heard of Esther Perel and her podcast. Um, I know of it, but I've not listened to it. Yeah, so she's she's incredible. She's like a, uh, I think she's Belgian, and she's like a a sex therapist, like okay. psychiatrist. And her podcast is my podcast is basically a parody of hers, um, but in the worst way possible, obviously. Um, so she's she's has real life couples on, and she's she has a one time session with them. She's a psychiatrist and she's like she's so good at her job and she thinks about relationships in in kind of a different way than I think especially American culture thinks of dating and yeah. um and marriage and sex and infidelity and all this stuff. So I I'm a big fan of hers and I, you know, read her books and then I started listening to this podcast and and then um there's a producer at Earwolf, Kimmy Lucas Gregory now and she is um she's awesome I I knew her through my manager and she reached out saying you know would you want to do like a a pilot basically like a pilot presentation for Earwolf Presents and I so I recorded this episode with um Tim Baltz and Edie Patterson and then we um yeah and then they I didn't hear from them for like a year. <laughs> oh boy! And then the pandemic happened, and I think they were like, "Okay, now's the time." And <laughs> I, I couldn't be more grateful to have it, you know, happen now, where I, you know, I can see people on Zoom and record with, you know, people I haven't seen in a year or months at a time, and so it, it makes me feel more social, which I'm very grateful for. <laughs> oh, I don't doubt it. Yeah, I mean, that's what this podcast has been for me to talk to fellow disembodied voices and just try to connect <laughs> in it, you know? But yeah. that's like, you, you know, we're social beings, so we need to have 
that on some level, even if it's not, you know, in person. Yeah. But we really, we really do require that. Absolutely. um, You know, but I imagine too, like it's a, yeah, it's an absolute godsend for you because you can both do this thing that you had this idea for over a year ago and now be able to do it and have that fun creative outlet, but then also have a healthy distraction and get to really have fun with it, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And I, what, what, Probably the most fun about it to me is just like that it's a different type of improv than I think a lot of the podcasts that I've been on and the ones that I listen to are where it, it's a lot slower <laughs> kind of and a lot more um, – there's a little bit more commitment to the the like reality of the situation. So yeah. it, it's not kind of like, oh, I'm playing a silly character and I'm like laughing my way through how ridiculous it is. It, there's a lot, a little bit more like people being like, I am in this and like, this is really <laughs> happening to us. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it, um, Yeah. do you find it, I don't know, difficult, but just, is it, is it a very different thing to do improv over Skype like that as opposed to doing it in person? Uh, yeah, I think there's, there's pros and cons to both. I, I couldn't actually tell which I, I – I mean, I think if people are in the room, it's it's easier to kind of feel out what the overall energy is yeah. and um, and that can, you know, make for a great show, of course. Um, but sometimes I, I will say uh, with Zoom, maybe because of the <laughs> the green box that goes around – you yeah. kind of focus on who's talking a little bit more, and so sometimes that means there's there's more listening than there normally would be. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. I might be wrong, you know that that's happened on certain podcasts and on others. I've been like, oh no, this is a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So well, it's it's its own way too. I imagine maybe there's even more of like a trust element because it's you're really. I mean, it, I guess that's just how it goes anyway. You're relying on anybody else involved. Yeah. Because you're listening so heavily, but you're you're both it's more it feels like a little bit more of a high wire act, as I guess. Yeah, it's well, I, I almost feel like people give you a little bit more of a break than mm, they would yeah. if you were in the room where they're just like, Yeah, this we know this sucks. This is hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh and so there's a little less pressure to make it like the best thing you've ever done. And at least maybe that I take some of that pressure off. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I also think the character is very, very funny that a non, a, an unlicensed doctor <laughs> who uh, in the first three episodes at the very least almost immediately sides with each woman in the pairing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's so funny. <laughs> thank you for thank you for listening to them, first yeah. of all. I think the, um, yeah, I, I have found, well, I love therapy, first of all. I do too. I, I like, yeah. I'm, I'm from a family where thankfully they like sent me at least when my parents got divorced as a kid, and that, so it doesn't feel weird to me to go to therapy, and I I love it. It makes me feel not crazy just to have I, someone telling me like, you know. I I get that, and something to where it's like it really is this third party person who can give you, uh, you know, a relatively unbiased perspective of where you know of like am i on the right track here do you does this sound reasonable as opposed to you know it makes complete sense and i do think that um one thing that's come out of all of this is and it's already been down that road i think to some degree of destigmatizing 
mental health issues yeah. and self-care and going to therapy. And I think that this last year, unfortunately, obviously through awful circumstances, but it's gone a long way yeah. to further destigmatize that. And yeah, I think, that's I think so too. I, I agree with that. And I, I mean, what, one thing I've noticed is a, a lot of women in my life go to therapy. Not as many men <laughs> go to therapy that I know. Shocking, yeah. Um, and I, I've encouraged a lot of men that I know to go and um, – and usually it's it's kind of surprising to me how little people know about what it's okay to say. Like I had a friend, a, a, a girlfriend who, who told me that like she was like, you know, am I – I was thinking about talking about my, you know, like stuff with like my dad um, and the issues I'm having with my dad. Like do you think it's okay for me to talk about that in there? Oh, wow. And yeah. I was like, what? Yes. What? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Of course. You should Meanwhile, tell me. I'm like, is, isn't that? I thought that was the purpose of therapy was to talk yeah, about your, your dad. dad, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm one of those people where when I, I, I have gone through stints of seeing a therapist, like I'll go for like a year, and then it'll be like three years, and then I see someone for like two years at a time, and yeah, um, and pretty much every time I see someone after not seeing a therapist for a while, I like burst into tears immediately, and I'm just like sobbing. The entire session. <laughs> yeah. And I like tell them my whole life story. And I – so I, I've had two two like therapists I've had and one of whom was named Diana, which is the name of my <laughs> character yeah. on Di- Going Deep. And, um, and they had completely different approaches to it. They were um, – one the first guy that I saw was like he just would stay silent most of the time uh and then you know occasionally he would say like one thing to me and be like you know I think everything that you said makes sense and then I would just like die crying just like bursting See, I tears. can't that's not the type of person I need I need a more <laughs> outward person to yeah. like to like because then I feel like if I, I just need to I will then talk more to fill up the silences right I need I need an open person to give me feedback because yeah. otherwise I get self conscious and then I overcompensate. Yeah, right. Which which is like I I can't tell if that's part of their strategy. Is like when you feel uncomfortable, then you like might bear parts of your soul you wouldn't normally. Yeah, look, I I would not do well in interrogation because they would not offer me water, shine a light in my eye, and I would I would confess to things that never even happened. <laughs> Because I'd just be like, anything to stop this, please. Oh, yeah. You would do, what's that, making a murderer, that poor kid? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh. Uh, I would, was it Brendan Dassey? Is that yeah, the right, where yeah. they basically like just oh, oh, man. took advantage he, of how horrible he was feeling. Completely railroaded him, yeah. No, uh. but I mean, look, it, it would take even exponentially less than that for me because I, I miss you know I'm far less I think uh, of a people pleaser than I used to be where it was yeah. you know I said this sentence to my therapist um, which as soon as I said it I'm like oh shit we're going to talk about this for a long time and I said <laughs> <laughs> I said I feel like in my 20s I wanted to be everything to everyone mm-hmm. and as soon as like the, the verbal period in that sentence was done I was like oh we're going to talk about this forever oh wow and I get that you know um, as what that means and the potential implications. But it's that thing where, you know, this is a related thing, but a different topic, I guess. But yeah. when it comes to, to, to therapy, I, for a while I was like, man, I should have done this years ago. But then again, I don't think I would have been ready either because you still have to, 
It doesn't matter if you do it if you're not ready to do the work. Right, right. And that's the huge part. Absolutely. Yeah, I've I've seen that with my my brother, my younger brother. I tried to get him to see my therapist for a while, and um, he (laughs) he was long distance. He was living in Colorado at the time, and he was talking to my therapist who was in Chicago. And um, he was doing things like making like breakfast while on the phone and (laughs) like just completely disrespecting this guy's time. And I had another friend who I was in the car with her and she took a call from her therapist on speakerphone and I was like sitting in the car with her. Oh, no. That is insane. And so you just sort of realize a lot of people don't respect the time that they have with that person. Yeah. And you can't. You can't help them until they're ready to help themselves. Um, Absolutely. But the other, <laughs> the the one of the other therapists I had had more of the technique I think you're talking about, where like they talk a lot more and they're more um, interactive with you. And but she was like sometimes sharing opinions on things that I was like, that's a <laughs> that's a whole that's too a whole much thing. of an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like I was reading QAnon and it really made me think. And you're like, whoa, okay, okay. Anyway, Nancy Pelosi has fangs. And um, look, I just want to say that they have good points. Is that's all I'm saying? Then they get defensive, and you have to to try to make them feel better. Right, this is not good. Yeah, she just like also I think because of the as a comedian person you or like a person in this industry like trying to explain all the things you're doing to better your career that don't have like um clear like labels um can for someone who's not in the industry be really confusing and and it kind of started to feel like I was talking to my mom where I was trying to explain like well, I got this thing and this thing is important because and I'm trying to justify it. Yeah, and justify yeah. it and also just like get across like why it's important to oh, them. Gotcha. And okay. she she started to be sort of like my mom in a way where she would like make suggestions that just like didn't make any sense for my career. <laughs> oh, okay. So that's a whole other thing. Yeah, it was a whole other thing where I just started to be like, you know what? Maybe maybe I need a break. <laughs> this is neither healthy for my mental health. Or helpful for any kind of career, so please no. And I'm and I'm paying for this on top of it. And I also have like five other people in my life who are doing exactly what you're doing to me <laughs> for free, no less. Yes, yes. So <laughs> at least monetarily, anyway. But yeah. But I. Uh, yeah. I'm anyway. Sorry. Okay. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go for it. No, all I was gonna say is like I think. Um, the at least the basis for the character on the podcast is is like all the worst ways that you could be a therapist. Um, but at the same time, like I really love like dissecting relationships. So sometimes I'll be like, wow, I actually am helping these people. So I need to figure out how to be bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like being, that's like I'm always um, impressed in movies and things when really talented actors effectively do bad acting in movies. Yeah. You know, that's like, so, that's like a magic trick to me. I'm so impressed by it. That's hard to do. I, I don't. I can't do. That. I'm just too good. <laughs> <laughs> You're like I can definitely do the initial layer of bad acting, but I can't do the so good. You then have to be bad, and you're convincing it that right. It's like bad it. singing is kind of similar too. The yeah. really bad singing joke is like you have to be kind of aware of how bad you're being. 
that you yeah you're spinning so many plates doing that and i i, I don't have the mental fortitude right. or the ability for that matter right less less we forget but uh either of those things <laughs> let alone both of them so yeah yeah it's very impressive it's hard <laughs> Uh, I did want to ask you, too, about you're in episode four. I was going to say season one, but it's the only season as of yet of I Think You Should Leave. Oh, yes. In the scene, I think you played Sharon, where yes. you were eating all of the <laughs> toppings of the nachos while on a date with <laughs> with Tim. Uh, Tim Robinson. Robinson. I almost said Vaults again. <laughs> Tim Robinson's character. Uh, when you're, I, I know that obviously nobody could know that it would be such this giant absurd hit yeah. and become take on just layers of memes too like to this day <laughs> I know, still I know that when you're doing something like that too and you're on set can you get like the vibe that it's like really firing on all cylinders and that like oh this is a special thing or is it just work um well a I don't have that much experience on set so yeah. I'm always like excited to be there and I don't <laughs> care what the end product's gonna be because I'm just like I can't believe I'm here like <laughs> so I'm a little too green to know uh I think but uh one thing I will say is like I know I knew Tim Robinson from um Chicago from Second City and yeah. he was like he was much older not than me not to say he's old but he uh so I I like came up being like he's one of the funniest people in Chicago and um randomly he he saw some of my videos that I was making on Facebook and I think shared them with um his manager who then became my manager so he basically oh, nice. is like the reason that I have representation um and he so I this is he he I've always like thought he was hilarious and great and so when um, I did that part. It was like I, I read. I remember reading the script and thinking, like, "Oh, this is really this is going to be a ton of fun to play because yeah. I just have to be. I just have to call him out on his shit." And, <laughs> um, and so when we were doing it, he also was like covered in visine, <laughs> or they put some kind of like, like I, I don't even I don't know what it was, but it makes you cry. And so his face was just wet with tears at one point, and I, I really couldn't make it through the scene. So that a lot of that I took to be like, this is a really good sign that this is very funny. And I love, um, I love that. But I don't. I had no clue. I had no clue it would become what it became, which is yeah. crazy. Yeah, it became this like true phenomena. It, it was, gi- I mean, just gigantic, and obviously yeah. just. So funny, but I I think um I don't know I I think he's always just so funny because he uh, he does the, he commits on the cellular cellular level to the silliest thing in the world, <laughs> and it's just this arrogant guy who refuses who who makes things so much more worse because he can't admit a small thing. Right. I mean, which is really like it was very timely because yeah. that was Trump in a nutshell, basically. Like. You know, just can't admit when you're wrong, and like that. What a pride issue this country has in general. Yes. And yeah. I and I think it just tapped into like he's he's so funny, but the the just there's so many ways to be a total monster, and <laughs> that's basically what was happening in each skit or skit sketch. <laughs> but to be it in such like a silly, harmless way in general, let alone. Right. 
you know, relative to that the the monstrous activities of a certain person who just kind of ruled our country, right? And and so many people directly beneath that. But yeah, it was there is a to your point. Yeah, that's a great point of there is a catharsis element too. With yeah, that. yeah, where you're just like all this would be not happening if he would just say I'm <laughs> sorry or I'm wrong or you know what I should yeah. leave basically. <laughs> just like yeah, just from the jump of. Just admit you didn't open the door correctly, and <laughs> yeah. none of this would have to happen yeah, it, from the beginning. It's it's so great. It's a, the white male pride, basically. It's it's perfect, you know. Um, I think I also read too about that that it was like that he that a certain percentage of them or a number of them were sketches that didn't get on at SNL. Oh that yeah, he repurposed. Yeah, he was well. His partner, his writing partner, who also worked for SNL, was. Um, you know, like it's kind of a match made in heaven. It's just like this guy who, you know, he worked with a ton who knows exactly how to write for him and who yeah. they probably tried to write for him, at least when he was in the cast um, or what, you know, whatever didn't get on SNL. It's like they had, they just had so many great ideas that played exactly to Tim's instincts as a comedian. So it was, right. it was so, it worked out so well for that reason, I think. What a delight. So funny. Um, well, I think we're at the 42 minute. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. But um, <laughs> thank you very much, first of all. Oh, my this God. Is very fun. This is a delight. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for your time. And what all do you want to, of your your many things happening, including <laughs> your podcast, do you want to point people toward? Before oh, goodness. I mean, I guess I, I probably just my podcast for now, um, which is on Stitcher Premium. It's called Going Deep. Um, I play Dr. Diana Deep, doctors in quotes. And um, <laughs> it comes out every Monday. Um, you can get a free month of Stitcher if you use the promo code DEEP, D-E-E-P. I almost Perfect. didn't spell that correctly. <laughs> D-E-A-P. It'll work. D-E-A-P. Don't worry about it. D-E-E-E-A-P. <laughs> As you're as you're making the letters in the air to make sure it's correct. Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, please listen to that. I guess it would be my. And then, oh, I always like to plug my Twitter handle too. If you, yes. it's very simple, not confusing. It's L I L Y Y I L Y on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> you're like, you know, I, I like the idea too when you made that. You no, was that. Was that like a, I just need something, so let me just put that in there, but now you're married to it? Is that what that was? Um, Yeah, I think, well, my, I can't even, I mean, when I made my Instagram, which was probably before I made my Twitter account, this was like, you know, seven or ten years ago, I don't know how long ago, yeah. and I um, I think my little brother used to call me yee-yee when I was like, a, when he was a baby, and I can't remember, I was like, oh, why? Like yee, and then I like <laughs> I, I yeah. that's like the only thing I can remember about how I would have even written that, and <laughs> now I'm in this bind where that's what it is, and I got to keep selling it. <laughs> yeah, this is just my social media life now. Yeah, it's like, and Scott Ackerman can roast me all he wants, but that's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> yeah, I heard him uh, uh, today on today's episode trying to trying to give you the out of oh, is it a palindrome? And you're like, nope, no, it's not. Unfortunately, nope. I <laughs> Sorry to report, very similar, but not quite. Nope, not exactly. 
Yeah, so <laughs> Thank you so much. It's a mess, and that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll post all of that in a written form so everybody can see that with the episode. But uh, th- thank you again. This is really a delight. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me, Brandon. And um, yeah, I hope your the rest of your quarantine for the next two years goes well. Thank you. I hope um, your seven birthdays are better than the previous one. Thank you. Or no, that was a good one. Never mind. I hope your <laughs> seven birthdays are as good as the first one in May. But um, thank you again. And thank you all for listening. Uh, this is my professional wrap-up voice. Uh, take care. Please wear a mask. Please stay safe. Please lead and practice empathy. Thank you. Amen. And goodbye. Goodbye.